in-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City, Episode 4, Segment 3. We've got two, (laughs) two, Colin, possible trade scenarios. Would you like me to lead with the more boring of the two? Can I ask you a question first? Okay. How many Pittsburgh Steeler games do you think Ben Roethlisberger will attend this year? He will attend the first game of the season, Colin, and then he will attend Kenny Pickett's first start. I think... He won't go to any. Really? Yeah. No. You know what? He'll go to the one where they do the Hall of Bonds. For Heath. For Heath. Congratulations to Heath, by the way, for making the Hall of Honor. And Myron Cope and everybody else. But anyway, back to your... I was just chewing that around today. Like, well, well, because the cutaway will be Ben Roethlisberger in much like a Paterno cutout, I guess, in the in the press box if ben is there the shot is going to be on him correct like ben to take the spotlight but i don't know it's not like ben to go ahead and waste his time on a sunday and go to a football game when he's done it his whole life i was just thinking about that today how many games do you think he'll go to and i bet it's just the one where they all gather on like alumni weekend or whatever i would think that there well i'll phrase it this way instead there's nothing i want to see more than it's week nine. It's chilly. Kenny Pickett getting geared up for his first ever Steelers start. And the whole city, palpable buzz. Steelers on the edge of the playoff race. Kenny Pickett, can he be the guy? Not done before since Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year. And there he is in the press box. Camera fixated right on him, Ben Roethlisberger, who then speaks after the game and gives a full critique of young Kenny Pickett. Yeah, incomplete with, well, you know, I, I was nervous, but I wasn't that nervous. And maybe Ben after a couple of Jaeger bombs. Uh, anyhow, back to the trade scenario. Does he got, drink? I, I don't hang out with him. Uh, yeah, I had, I, it, he drank like a champion one day. What? That's a great callback. The shirt. <laughs> yes. What an ass. Anyway, the trade scenarios. Mm-hmm. Number one, Colin. Mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins, offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State. A lot of people wanted to see the Steelers take him last year in the first round instead of Najee Harris. He goes in round number two to the Chicago Bears, and he and the coach in Chicago are not seeing eye to eye, and he's on the trading block. I don't know what you would have to give up to acquire him, but I really liked him last year. He's an absolute mauler. That's my Mel Kuyper scouting report, Colin. A mauler. You just got to throw a few buzzwords. Straight up for Deontay Johnson. Would you do it? No, but I would do it if it's Tevin Jenkins in a third, Tevin Jenkins in a second. I would definitely do it, I think. I If, the, if Tevin Jenkins is having problems in Chicago, Getting along with the coaching staff. I have to first investigate why that is. For sure. What's the problem there? Second of all, I would make the deal. I would do Deontay. I want to sign, re-sign Deontay Johnson. But now that the kicker is re-signed, I don't necessarily know where, where all this money's coming from. 
I would do it for Deontay Johnson in a third. That's uh, that would break the internet. That would have Steelers Nation up in arms. Because here's the deal: like I've I've thought the last couple of days. All right, maybe the Steelers could trade Deontay Johnson, but you hadn't heard that there was a lot on the market, and you wonder. Do you really want to move Deontay for a draft pick because you've got an unproven in Pittsburgh quarterback in Mitch Trubisky or a rookie quarterback who's going to be playing this year, and you mm-hmm. want to help that guy? And you want to help that guy by giving him targets. Well, you could also help that guy, though, now by the blocking. Uh, and I don't think for a second that Tevin Jenkins couldn't beat out Chooksakora for. We've heard good things out of Dan Moore Jr. this camp, but – Devin Jenkins could come in here conceivably and win that starting right tackle job and would then make the job easier on whomever the quarterback is. So you throw in a third-round pick, I'll consider it. You throw in a second, bang, sight unseen. Don't even tell me why it doesn't get along with the coach. Just give me the second, we're good. All right, second draft proposal, go. So the second one was I was going to do them. I was going to break them up separately here, Colin. I was going to say, would you try to trade for Tevin Jenkins, whatever it may cost, and then. Let's just say it's a different deal. Would you, I guess the answer is yes. You would try to move Deontay Johnson if you're not planning on resigning him, obviously. I would try to trade Deontay Johnson if you're at an impasse and it's not going to get done. Here's the difference, too, that it is Omar Khan now being the general manager. It doesn't work through anybody else. That is to say, now it works through the Weidel brothers, and I get that. But in the past, now the first point of contact now is the man who's also the money guy. So it's not like it used to work where Kevin Colbert would say, all right, we got the football stuff all going on. Roster-wise, he's this, he's that, he's whatever. And that's squared away. Omar, we think we got him. He wants to be here. Now let's figure out the money. Omar Khan is like the first point of contact and the money guy. So because of his past and because of what he's schooled in, I would think that they're probably working reverse. Does the money work at all before we even get into Mm. him as the football player? And so if that bridge isn't crossed at all, then they don't go down to to the the second avenue and all that, which is the football player part. I don't know if that makes any sense what I just said, but Omar, you would think, is so so, uh, deeply invested into simply first question, does the money work? And now with Boswell being signed, I don't know if the money works. If the money's going to at all work. And if they're not already, as it's August 1st, already at an impasse. It sounds like, so we talked to Jordan Schultz on the uh, on the Fan Morning Show today. He's an NFL insider. He reported all kinds of stuff, including Gronk's retirement. He thinks the Steelers are going to get something done with Deontay Johnson. Aditi Kinkabwala, now of CBS, she was on with the PM team, and she said, that Deontay Johnson isn't looking for a massive deal in the $23, $24 million a season range, that he's actually just looking for guaranteed money in the first couple of years of the deal. He just wants a raise on what he's getting right now, which is something, Colin, that you hypothesized about uh, last week on the Fan Morning Show and right here on 4th Down in the Steel City. If he's not looking to break the bank and keep up with the wide receiver market, But instead, he says, listen, I'll take a three-year deal. Kind of, we just saw it happen with DK Metcalf. Right. Give me a, or Debo Samuel, give me a three-year deal. Give me guaranteed money for a couple of those years. You don't got to pay me $23, $24 million a season. Now we're talking. If they can keep that money around 18, 
I think they can fit that in, obviously. And I, and I haven't wanted to pay him. I think I would do that then. And here's exactly, if, if that is in fact his tack, and I don't doubt the people that are reporting it, what he's saying and what his agent is saying, and he's actually playing a bit of inside baseball within this football team, he's saying over the next three years, my guy will outplay the two rookies in Claypool. And then when you come to a decision where you need to pay somebody, he's going to catch that check in that next contract. Plus, inflation's going to happen. It'll be more money at that point. He would he's essentially young. Be, right. He would be betting on himself against Pickens, against uh, Austin, and against Claypool, and say the number one guy is going to come out the other side of this and get the most money from this deal. They got to pay a receiver at some point. They're not just going to keep drafting them. They're going to pay one of them at some point. So if that is his tactic. He says, all right, I'm willing to do it. I think I can outplay the two young guys. Because if he takes a three-year deal, everybody will be up at the same time. Colin, we were asked a question on Twitter that I have to get to now. I mean, time constraints here. Oh, yeah. Have you ever milked a cow? No, not even one of those. You know, you go on a tour of Turner or Coulter Yawn or whatever those places are. Um <laughs> Uh, Marburger Dairy is another one. Uh, you, you go there and you're walking around, and the cow they they give you they take in this tour. And they're like, you know, we get up at two fifteen in the morning, and the chickens and all these, and now we're into ostriches because that's a big thing in America or whatever or emus. Um, and they walk you around, they show you, and they say, who would like to milk a cow? And they put this tin bucket underneath, and you hear it ping ping, and you squeeze in the udders. Uh, I've watched it, but I've never touched. An udder, a a uh, bovine udder, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever gone cow tipping? No, is that a real thing? I mean, is that uh, I, I, grew I, in, I, I, I grew up in Sharpsburg. They don't have cows. We, the, you know, we. I mean, same thing. We we, and I wouldn't if I could have. That's like a, it. Seems to me like a very cruel thing to do to those poor cows. I've also never milked a cow. Thanks to Jamie on Twitter for the question there. The other question, this one from Mark. Do you like double dates, Colin? No. Single dates are pressure enough. Double dates? No. No, no, no. 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 I don't like dates. You know? I mean, I'm married. I didn't like dates when I was dating. And luckily, um, luckily, I kind of pulled ahead in the top of the third. I didn't have to really date for all that long. You know, I found what I was looking for. Pretty early, strung together some hits, had a gapper, went up three nothing, and it was good. I kind of coasted home, got good play, uh, good pitching for the middle relief, and bang, Eckersley came in and closed it down. I didn't have, you know, some big, long, protracted sort of dating life. I, I found my wife pretty early, so that was good. Um, uh, dating sucks. Double dating's worse. It's all a charade, and uh, I, I don't know. I think you're destined to find the person you're destined to find, or not find anyway. So there you are. I have had precious, very, very precious few amount of dates in my life. Yeah, um, me too. I mean, my wife and I, high school sweethearts, we broke up for a year in college. I yeah, went just on a, like kind of like uh, how those Amish do. They go out and now uh, rim sputing, whatever the hell it's called. What's that thing called? Rum springer, where they go out and sow their oats a little bit. Did you pull that maneuver, Crowley? I definitely did. Rim sputin <laughs> sounds like something you do not want to look up in the Kamasutra. Rim, rim, rim I think rim sputin is right to the north of the bovine udder. 
<laughs> so yeah, very few few dates I've gone on. There was a year there where there was some fun, but uh, we weren't it wasn't much of a, a date thing so much as a alcohol and then bedroom kind of thing. I've said too much. All right, last thing here, Colin, from the peeps on Twitter, and I didn't write down the exact phrasing here, but have you ever in your life watched every preseason snap? And will you this year? Let me answer it first, because I I was doing for the last five years on the network. I was doing post game show the entire thing for all the preseason games, and even I didn't watch every single snap. Maybe you go outside, get a breath of fresh air. This year, to me though, it's different because every snap's going to matter because the only quarterbacks that are going to touch the ball are quarterbacks that now matter. So I'm watching every snap. Never done it before. I'm doing it this year. Mark it down. Okay, I have two answers to this. Uh, this I'll, I'll work backward. I actually talked to Bob Pompiani yesterday about this and said, the focus is on you. And now, because local broadcasts get picked up all over the place, everybody's got a different streaming service or this or that, or they can go to some website or fire stick. You're going to be all over the place. Biggest ratings KDK's ever had for preseason. I will watch because of the quarterbacks. And he agreed. He's like, this is gigantic. To answer your question, though, have I ever watched every preseason snap? Yes. And of all places, at the Paris Las Vegas Sportsbook, drunk. Here's the story. Um, It was this time of year. It was like 1st of August. I went on a trip with my wife. We go out there and we flew out. We got there like this time on a Saturday. It was one of those games where they were playing one of the usual suspects, Washington or Carolina or Buffalo, and they used to play Buffalo in the preseason, or the Giants or someone. I walk into the Paris-Las Vegas Sportsbook after I'd been drinking on the plane, after we drank, I drank champagne on the limo from the airport over to Paris-Las Vegas, and of all things, I turn on the television because I figure, all right, I'm good. Like, I'm going to be able to get the West Coast baseball game in a bet. And this was before you could bet, everybody could bet sports. Like, you had to be at the sports book. It wasn't on your phone. I walk in, they start turning the televisions. It's this time of year. Of all people, I just flown in from Pittsburgh on a Saturday. Bob Pompiani and freaking Edmund Nelson come on the television. I just flown across the country. Just flown across the country, trying to not get away from them, but it's like, holy hell. And it was like the one game that was on. So I went and I bet it and I'm sitting there and my wife was like, I'm going to go shopping or go somewhere. Go. She said somewhere to go. Said, see you later. And so I sat at the Paris Las Vegas sports book and it was, I think the one time I've ever watched every single snap because in pure degenerate form, and I'm not really, but I bet the total, I bet the over under on a preseason game and I watched pomp and Edmund Nelson and they still had the commercials like, Edmund Nelson was eating ribs and Pomp was talking about like, you know, Cochran and everything. And it, I'm in Vegas watching this, and it was like, I was in some warp. Like I'd been, I'd been lifted up and just sent there. It was very weird. So yeah, I can remember that time vividly kind of. Until you couldn't remember it. Yes. Yes. Well, Colin, Thursday is when the next podcast will be released as you have fun things planned this weekend. Maybe yep. I'll sleep this weekend, but Colin's got fun things planned, so we're going to record Thursday afternoon, so do check it out. 
make sure that you are not only downloading, and I'm sure you have because you're listening to this right now, but like it on the social media, follow Fourth Down in the Steel City on Twitter, and make sure when you subscribe on your favorite podcast places, you are rating and reviewing, and then guess what? You can unsubscribe, resubscribe, rate and review again. I'm only asking you to do that once. Just do it once. It boosts our numbers. I'm allowed to ask for this. Just do it because we tell you things, okay? We tell you things about the Steelers. Colin makes uh, bovine nipple jokes and then almost says rim job. That's the kind of show we're trying to do here for you, okay? So Thursday, look out for it. Anything to add, Colin? No, not at all. Goodbye, listeners. Talk to you on Thursday. <laughs>